The Anarchist's Workbench by Christopher Schwarz Published by Lost Art Press This recording is by Ray Defterius and is not affiliated or endorsed by Lost Art Press in any manner. Any errors or omissions are purely the fault of the narrator, as is any general bungling of pronunciation of names. Chapter 3 For the Love of Yellow Wood This following chapter should be the shortest one in the book, and should consist of only the following paragraph. The wood for your workbench should be the heaviest and cheapest stuff that you can obtain with great ease. Let it dry a bit before you build your bench. When you mill it, discard any bits that twist a lot or split. Sadly, I know that paragraph won't do, because first-time bench builders have enormous anxiety about every aspect of the project, especially the wood. And people who have built only one workbench, or watched a guy do it once, have fierce opinions on the topic, that they spread far and wide. The truth is that the number of wood species that are questionable for building a workbench is tiny. So let's talk about those first. Here are the woods I would avoid, if possible. White Pines I've built benches with white pines and they are suboptimal for a couple of reasons, weight and hardness. They are strong enough. Mostly I object to how lightweight they are. A good furniture maker's bench should be heavy, so that it won't move or shake while you work. White pines are remarkably lightweight, which is a great characteristic when making a tool chest, which should be mobile. Editor's note. Dude, that's my bench you're dissing. I weighed it down. It's fine. A typical cubic foot of eastern white pine, Pinus strobus, weighs 25 pounds at 12% moisture content. A typical cubic foot of hard maple, Acer saccharum, is 44 pounds. That's a big difference. Also, white pines dent when you look at them sideways. That's not a deal killer, but it's annoying. Bottom line, I'll use white pines for some parts in a bench, such as the stretches or shelf boards, when the rest of the bench is made from dent stuff. But an all-white pine bench is not my first choice. Estu Exotics The other extreme is to build your bench out of a wood with properties more like steel than cellulose. Purple Heart, Peltigen SPP, is a prime example. A cubic foot of this atrocity weighs 56 pounds at 12% moisture content. That weight seems ideal for the bench builder who wants mass, but working with it is agonizing. It brutalizes your tools, both hand and power. Plus, it looks like a smurf with a skin disease. Ipe, Hendranthus SPP, is another prime example. A cubic foot weighs a ridiculous 69 pounds. Cutting it with regular woodworking tools is like trying to gum a carrot to death. Plus, these woods are stupid expensive compared to the woods easily available to a North American woodworker. If I lived in South America and could purchase these woods for a reasonable price, I'd probably give them some love. But here in the Northern Hemisphere, there are many cheaper woods that are plenty heavy and easier to work. Avoid spongy woods. 
If a tree has been sitting on the ground a while, it's likely that the decay has set in, and the bugs built the city on rotten mold. Some of these trees end up at your lumberyard, especially if the seller deals in live-edge slabs or big pieces of wood for fireplace mantles. Semi-rotted wood is fine for a conference table or fireplace mantle. That's because it won't see much abuse, and it likely will see a lot of epoxy. But if you put the same wood in a workbench, disaster might find you. One of my workbenches had a thick bench top of black cherry, Prunus serotina, that had been sitting out in the parking lot of a woodworking shop for a couple of seasons. The price, zero dollars, was right, and I could see some areas of the top were spongy. So I filled these voids with the flexible epoxy that I tinted black. This was in 2010. And oh my lord, I just realized that this fact puts me at the forefront of the big slabs with epoxy pore movement. Kill me. Anyway, the epoxy wasn't strong enough to stabilize the entire cherry slab for use as a bench top. And during a public event a couple of years later, Roy Underhill knocked a chunk off the bench top while setting a holdfast in it. And that's why there are now two giant lag screws in its front edge. So check any slabs for punkiness before purchasing. Probe any discoloured areas with a pocket knife, which will plunge into the bits that are too soft. Here's one more clue. If you pick up a slab and it seems entirely too lightweight, it's probably been turned into a golden corral by the insect world. Put the slab back. Some red herrings. If you remove the above three kinds of wood from your list of potential species, you still will have an enormous range from which to choose. But some people will insist that you narrow it down even more. Don't let them. Some people just like to be bossy pants, and so they come up with other hurdles for you to leap over when choosing a wood. Here are some dumb pieces of advice trying to lead you astray. Use only light-colored species. This advice seems to make sense at first. A lightly colored bench will reflect light in a dark shop. It will also be easy to sight your plain soles against the bench top to determine if its cutter is centered in the mouth. But in reality, its hue doesn't make a ding-dong bit of difference. Light-colored benches become dark with age. Dark-colored benches become light with age. Everything ends up a middling brown. I've seen old maple benches that look like walnut, and old walnut benches that look like maple. And working on either of these benches is no problem whatsoever. If you are struggling, sight the plain sole against a piece of wood on your bench, or the floor, or a piece of paper. I'd probably pass on building an ebony bench, because it's just an expensively dumb choice for a workbench. But if I had some nice walnut or cherry that was dirt cheap and thick, I'd turn it into a bench without remorse. Dumb Advice, Part 2 Use only a closed pore or diffuse pore species. The theory here is that if you use an open pored species, such as ash or oak, then the pores might collect metal filings or other debris that will scratch your work. I have never, ever found this to be a problem. Oak, ash and other open pore species are great for building workbenches. Part 3 Use only hardwood for your bench top. Again, this seems to make sense on the surface, 
A hard bench top is nice. But hardwoods aren't always hard. Basswood, to the Americana, is an American hardwood, but it's as easily dented as eastern white pine. If a hard bench top is your goal, then you need to start comparing the different Janker ratings of the species on your shortlist. Janker hardness is a number that expresses the pounds of force required to push a steel ball that is 0.444 of an inch in diameter halfway into a board. It's a number you can easily look up if you want to go down the Janker rabbit hole. I tend to lurk around the rim of the Janker rabbit hole. If the wood is really soft, Eastern White Pines Jankeratus is 380 pounds force, I want to know that before I get building. By way of comparison, Hard Maple's Janker force is 1450 pounds force. Epo's is a ridiculous 3510 pounds force. The hardness of a species is something to consider, but it's not my first concern. So what is? How much the wood costs per pound? That might sound weird. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about weight. When you compare the weights of species, you need to make sure the comparisons are all at the same moisture content. 12% is a typical comparison unit. You can compare the density of a species by comparing its specific gravity, which is a method that compares the weight to a cubic meter of water. Or you can look at the average dried weight of a cubic foot of the wood, also 12% moisture content. These are useful, but I think you can also make some important comparisons by factoring in the local price of a species. It's like buying meat at the butcher. Is ribeye ritzier than hamburger? The price per pound helps us answer that question. And yes, it is. For example, a cubic foot of hard maple consists of 12 board feet of maple. If maple is $4.73 a board foot, then a cubic foot of maple costs $56.76. The cubic foot weighs 44 pounds, or $1.29 per pound. Longleaf pine, a yellow pine, is 78 cents a board foot, for number 1 grade. So a cubic foot costs $9.40. The cubic foot weighs 41 pounds, or a remarkably cheap 23 cents per pound. Because I like to poke fun at Ipe, Let's run these numbers. Ipe costs $17 a board foot, so a cubic foot costs $204. That cubic foot weighs 69 pounds, so Ipe is $2.96 per pound. Not a great deal at the wood butchers. The chart at right compares some of the common US hardwoods and softwoods using typical Midwestern retail prices circa 2020. This is not wholesale or trade pricing. This cost per pound calculation is simple to do yourself using your local prices. Here's how. Take your cost per board foot, use 8 quarter prices, and multiply that by 12. That's the cost for a cubic foot. Now divide that number by the weight of a cubic foot of that species, a statistic that is easily found in books and online. The result is the cost per pound. On page 23 of the printed copy of the book, there's a great table that has wood per pound of common species. Do the math. From the start, ash looks like a good choice among the hardwoods. The problem with that assessment is that by the time you are reading this book, 
white ash might be almost extinct. The emerald ash borer has devastated the ash forests in the United States, so you might not be able to buy it at any price. And if you do find it, you want to ensure it hasn't rotted. We have been plagued by punky ash for the last few years as the sawyers have milled up trees that have been standing dead. Aside from ash, poplar and the maples are great bang for the buck. Both are easy to work, readily available, and fairly cheap by the pound. I've made workbenches using all three species and think they're fine. Neither is considered a noble species for a workbench, like European beech. But as long as you aren't out to impress anyone, go for it. You'll have no problem finding these species at almost any lumber yard in America. But if you want to go full redneck, read on. Softwoods that are used for structural members in home construction, the yellow pines, Douglas fir, hemlock, and some spruces, are an outstanding value. They are heavy, cheap, and readily available at any lumber yard. After working with them for most of my life in a residential construction and workbench building, they remain my number one choice for workbenches. Here's why. Anyone can buy it. You don't have to search out a speciality lumber yard or set up a commercial account. Just go to the home centre if you want, although I always prefer family lumber yards. They have plenty. Also important, they have plenty. A typical home centre or family lumber yard will have hundreds of planks of 2x material in the racks on any given day. Everything from 2x6s to 2x12s with lengths from 8 foot to 16 foot. At a home centre, you can spend hours sifting through the racks to find the best boards, and the employees don't care. At a family lumber yard, it pays to ask permission. They will sometimes be happy to help you. Either way, just be sure to restack the lumber nicer than you found it. Here's another buying tip. Some lumber yard chains carry number 2 yellow pine, others carry number 1. The price difference is minimal, but the quality isn't. Number one is worth the extra nickels. If you find a yard that deals in number one, you might be able to buy all the wood for your bench in one swoop. If you buy number two, you might have to hit all the yards in your town, county or region. Yellow pine is easy to work. I built yellow pine workbenches using only hand tools and using full-on machine shop. It's friendly stuff. Yes, there can be some knots, but if you pick your wards with care, you'll have almost none of those to deal with. So there must be disadvantages. Yes, but they are slight. Construction lumber is sold in a wetter state than hardwood lumber. While hardwoods are typically sold at around 12% moisture content or at equilibrium with some environment, that is not the case with construction lumber. It is wetter. How wet? In the Midwest, it might be 15 to 20% moisture content. On the west coast, it might be even wetter, as in wet enough to ooze and squirt water. So you need to gather up what you need to build your bench, cut it to rough length, stack it, and wait a bit. It might also be case hardened, because it was killed dry too quickly. When lumber is rushed through a kiln, it can develop tension that is released when you cut it. It's particularly obvious when you rip a board. 
Sometimes the wood will pinch so hard on a blade, it'll stop a three-horsepower table saw like pinching out a candle. How do you deal with this? It's not difficult. 1. Plan to cut things a bit over wide. And have some wooden wedges handy to keep the kerf open when you rip the wood. After that first rip, a case-hardened board will usually lose all of its fight. Number 2. Make your rip cut to a shallow depth at first, less than half the thickness of the board. Then raise the blade, flip the board end over end, and finish the rip. The final disadvantage? Softwoods are uber redneck. No one is going to ooh and ah over your choice of yellow pine. It's the mullet of the forest. The true cost of yellow pine per pound. I'm not a trusting soul. After I calculated the cost of yellow pine per pound, 23 cents, based on published statistics, I decided to see if that worked in the real world. So I weighed several 2x12x8s and came up with an average weight of 30.4 pounds each. These were boards I'd had in my shop for months, so they'd likely lost some of their water weight, as all softwoods do. Plus the boards in this particular pile were fairly average, not full of sap, or with lots of heavy summer wood. In other words, they were a bit on the lightweight side. Each of these boards cost $8.81 each, so that's 29 cents per pound, about 6 cents per pound more expensive than the published weight tables indicate. But still a great deal. I wondered, how did that work out after surfacing the boards and gluing them up? What was the cost per pound of finished yellow pine? Here's how I calculated that. The bench top for the workbench at the end of this book is made from 9 2x12s, ripped in half, glued up, and planed so the top is 5 inches thick. 9 2x12x8s cost $79.29. After gluing up the top, I managed to weigh it on a heavy-duty scale we use for shipping crates. The top weighed 240 pounds. That's 33 cents per pound. Still a bargain if you ask me. Back to the $175 workbench. As I built the $175 workbench for popular woodworking, I encountered all the advantages and disadvantage of yellow pine mentioned above. A fair number of the boards were case hardened, so getting them ripped and glued up was a challenge. It took two of us to wrangle the laminations for the bench top. But, and here's the kicker, I still own that workbench and it has taught me other important lessons about construction-grade softwoods, yellow pine in particular. Here are two. It doesn't move much in service, and it gets harder and harder with age. True and embarrassing fact. When I started woodworking, I assumed that softwoods moved more with the seasons than hardwoods. This was based on working with home center softwoods. I'd buy what I needed and start working at the same day. By the end of the day, the wood would be a warped mess, and sometimes unusable. The real problem was that the pine was wet and hadn't acclimated to my workshop. And, here's another fun fact. All woods tend to move a lot as they expunge that last little bit of water to become at balance with their environments. So I was working with pine at the worst possible time. If you let softwoods dry out for a few weeks, 
The stuff barely moves at all when you plane it and saw it. In general, softwoods move less in service than hardwoods. I also love how yellow pine gets tougher with age. I'm told that this is because the sap hardens, first to copper, then after a couple of million years, into amber. The difference is dramatic. When I purchase newly cut yellow pine, I can dent its soft early wood with my knuckle or fingernail. After a year or two, it seems as hard as for mica. My yellow pine bench was still soft and spongy when I finished it in 2000. Soon after that, the magazine had an evening event where we brought in a couple of local readers. We did this sort of social event every few months or so. Sometimes it was for a focus group. Sometimes it was to test some new tools from a particular manufacturer. After this event, a bunch of readers gathered around my new workbench and asked questions, which went something like this. Nice bench, but yellow pine? Once again I was unprepared. All I could manage to say was that it was cheap and heavy. The readers didn't disagree with me, but they also weren't impressed. That's when I decided to plow into the book, Wood Handbook, Wood as an Engineering Material, which is published by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The book is free online, our tax dollars paid for it, and it is filled with all the numbers and terms that will impress people. Modulus of elasticity, modulus of rupture, rolling shear strength, tensile strength, and the term that will always get you laid if you bring it up in a bar, poison's ratio. I also learned that most wooden roller coasters and telephone poles are made from yellow pine. The wood handbook proved what I knew in my heart. Yellow pine is an outstanding workbench material. It is heavy, strong and stiff. I then had the numbers and I could use them to defend my choice of yellow pine. However, there's no need to get into a discussion of those facts and figures, or to reproduce the tables that explore wood as an engineering material. That's because any decent design for a workbench renders most of those tabular charts moot. If you make your bench top so it's between 4 inches and 6 inches thick, even balsa wood is technically stiff enough to do the job. Pick a somewhat heavy species, and your thick bench top will provide all the weight and stiffness you need, even if your bench legs are white pine. In other words, a thick bench top renders the pointy-headed statistics a bit meaningless. Simply overbuild your bench, especially the bench top, and almost any species will do.